powered up. We have had to conform to a certain social game. And so we are in a constant state of competition. In terms of that competition, we can, of course, lose place. And in that sense, make mistakes. This is the secret. You can't make a mistake. Welcome, everybody, to Friends of Failure. I'm your host, Sam, and this is my co-host, Megan. Heyo. Super excited to introduce you to Aaron Van Dyke. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, uh, we, we appreciate you coming out and hanging out with us today. I know it's nighttime for you. Uh, <laughs> you're in London, right? Yes, I'm in London. So it's uh it's always like crazy because I with my work I work with a lot of people in the U.S. I mean I'm from the U.S. too so I'm so used to this like adjusted timeline so <laughs> people are always like oh my gosh like sorry to be keeping you so late I'm like oh no I sleep in like I do all of like my fun stuff in the morning so that at night I can like do a bit more work and overlap as much as possible with the U.S. so uh, but yeah it's a uh, e- evening time for me. Yeah how how long have you been in London? Uh, I've actually been here for three months and I moved oh. over here from Sweden. So my, uh, my partner and I met back in Nashville. It's where I lived for almost 10 years. Uh, and then uh, he started a master's program in Southern Sweden. So we moved there in at the end of 2019. And so we were there, you know, from essentially pandemic time till uh about three months ago and then his he got a job that brought him over to london so here we are oh wow living the uh, dream that yeah a broad dream <laughs> like it's it's so funny because you know you meet people and, and you talk to them and they're like oh yeah i had to move for work and it's usually like a different state or whatever but like you know rarely Just do sweden. i talk to people yeah, yeah yeah so i was doing a master's program in in sweden uh <laughs> And then ending up in London. Um, yeah, and I know, I'm just like along for the ride. Like yeah. it's all his. It's all of like his like merit that's bringing him all over here, and I'm just like attaching my cart to the horse and like following yeah. him, following him around, just getting to live like the European life. It's great. Yeah, enjoy it, right? I mean, it's such a unique experience. Uh, yeah. Do Do you guys think you're gonna just stay on, on that side of the planet, or do you think you'll eventually <laughs> migrate back, or who knows? We have really no agenda. It's kind of just whatever, wherever the wind takes us. So, I mean, we, we're not big fans of moving all the time. So we would like to stay here for at least like a solid amount of time that it feels like it was worth moving all of our shit here. So, um, like, so we're, we're hoping to stay put at least for a little while, like get a little bit of like, you know, get a little bit grounded here make friends here before we move off anywhere else so hopefully we're not moving anytime soon (laughs) yeah that's awesome so that kind of leads me to tell us a little bit about yourself right uh other than (laughs) traveling right uh so what what do you what do you do so i for kind of my my day job i own a business so i run a book marketing company so kind of specializing in kind of consulting with authors and publishers on their book launches. So 
uh, and I love, I love books. I've been in publishing now for, uh, gosh, like seven years. So, and I mean, I just grew up, I grew up, you know, reading, loving books. My aunt was in the publishing industry. So I would hear all of her stories. Like she would go to New York authors and I was like, I just always like loved it and had like stars in my eyes. So when I got the chance to work in publishing too, I was like, I was thrilled. Uh, and then when we moved, so I was at a publisher back in Nashville. And then when we moved in 2019 to Sweden, I started my own business and I uh, got to kind of branch out and work with even more publishers and like independent authors as well. But then in kind of my, my free time, kind of some of like some of the hobbies that I love to do is I, I make music as well. So that's kind of just like a fun like side projects that I like to work on periodically uh, in between, in between like the work meetings and <laughs> everything else. And all yeah. That stuff. So, yeah. And I also, I've got a little dog. So like I'm a dog mom, love to hang out with her, take her on walks around the parks here. So it's a, uh, it's pretty fun. I was going to ask what kind of music. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I would say kind of like indie pop. So Ooh, it kind okay. of just, it, 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 uh, so some is like a bit more like poppy and some is a little bit more like acoustic pop so it kind of just depends on on the project but it's always in a similar vein uh i, I always anticipate like the craziest thing that i can come up with uh like before like at, when we asked you that question i was like she's gonna say something like country techno and i'd be like what is country <laughs> techno right no but so when whenever you do this is it strictly for yourself like you do you ever put it out there like do you have stuff on Spotify or anything like that oh yeah yeah so I, I put stuff on Spotify like Apple Music kind of all of the big streaming services but I just do it for myself because yeah. I I've always I've like written music since I was 14 and that's like think that's when I got my first guitar and you know I just learned taught myself how to play guitar to like Taylor Swift and um, just started like writing music and and then I think it was like 2015 or so or might have been like 2016 I was like you know what it would actually just be fun to actually like (laughs) instead of just recording you know a really terrible version myself on GarageBand and putting it on SoundCloud it would be fun to actually like hire a producer and make something that I've always like heard in my head and so I I did that you know several years ago and it was just so much fun to actually like bring the songs to life you know in ways that like I could just not do on my own uh and so I just kept kept doing it so it's kind of just one of those things that I do it because I love it and I think probably like my family like my friends listen to it it doesn't really get like too far beyond that but it's uh uh it's just it's fun but I I do have stuff on Spotify yeah it's rewarding in its own way it's it doesn't have to monetize or do anything like that yeah yeah absolutely so I think that's that's kind of cool because obviously you saw the value in in getting someone to kind of help you produce some stuff right because um that's essentially you know you kind of help people as authors do that right where yes you're doing the marketing aspect but you also kind of help them at least point them in the right direction of of creating it in the in the right format so that it can be marketed and and actually put out there right you know I'm sure there's a lot of producers out there that you know a person comes up and they're like hey I need you to produce this music they're like awesome man I'm like a hundred dollars an hour meet me at the studio and then you know the person gets into the the booth or whatever it's called 
and then you know the producer's got to be like oh wow like uh whether it's like rap music rock music pop music whatever where yeah. they're like you know what are they going to do with this after we produce it right <laughs> yeah. Have, so so like whenever you're in the realm of marketing someone's writing right and mm-hmm. and that could be fiction nonfiction, like poetry yeah. i'm assuming do you have to I, i'm sure maybe it's not often and maybe it is often but do you have to kind of paint a picture for people of like hey look I appreciate what you created here and and like I get why you created it but like this is not going to market well because of you know whatever reason right uh do you have that happen to you yeah it does I would say it 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 does happen and I and I I think what's what's kind of helpful is that there's people who are on the like editorial side who specialize in actually going through you know these early manuscripts and you know, offering some more of like that structural edit, like editing feedback. So mm-hmm. um, usually if, I, if I'm talking with someone who's just in the really early stages, I'll like refer them out to some more of these like structural editors because that can just really help shape a, a book into, you know, being something that, you know, is just kind of written as a passion project and actually turning it into more of a like professional um more of like a, I guess the, the types of books that people read and they're like, oh my gosh, this is actually, you know, doing something for me or like change, like kind of changing the way I'm thinking about X, Y, Z or, oh wow, like this, this plot is actually really pulling me in. Cause it's kind of like getting that professional feedback is, you know, I think really important to turn a book from just being mediocre into being something that's, you know, could actually be successful and something that people like really, truly love and want to want to recommend to people it makes me curious do you get resistance on that just because some people are very protective over like their this yeah. is their it. project I'm publishing yeah. it just like well there's a lot of misspelling here i don't care it's a part of the experience yeah. like yeah I, there's i mean with some people there's there is always like the pushback and you get that with like i think especially with memoirs sometimes is that's always the big one where you know someone's just kind of written that more of like a diary you know and it's and it's great because they just want to share kind of their story um so and like and that's always great too but when you do that it really limits the audience that you're going to be able to reach um it's just like so and i actually saw this uh on linkedin someone shared this the other day i thought was like absolutely brilliant is, is that you know, people confuse memoirs with autobiographies a lot. And so, you know, a memoir is supposed to be a little bit more of like, you know, entertaining and have that story arc to it. Uh, So I feel like that's kind of a prime example of where you can get some pushback from authors because they've just written their life story in like chronological order. And I mean, it's probably a super therapeutic process, but if you, you know, in order for that your story and your message to kind of reach a wider audience it's got to be kind of edited and structured in a way that you know is going to make sense for people who don't know you and you know in order for them to like really get captured into your story it's got to be structured in a certain way so that's kind of something where if I can get in early enough on the on the writing process that I'll kind of offer offer that out to people Otherwise, I mean, sometimes I get a book when it's already like they've already hit publish. It's already out on Amazon and they're kind of coming to me asking for help. So in those cases, it gets a little bit more tricky because it would really require doing a, a second edition. 
I looked into it, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Maybe it was like a decade ago. No, nah, it was it was a couple of years ago. I, I looked into the whole self-publishing aspect of yeah. like you can put your book on Amazon and, and all that jazz. But, you know, yeah. they, they they always tell you that, you know, that there's nothing there's nothing there that would stop you from just taking something that you wrote and throwing it out there. Right. Um, however, like if you take yourself seriously as a writer, they say that or some of the things that I, I heard people talk about was you really want to have an editor look at what you've written, right? Uh And they might tear you apart, but it will be (laughs) a growing experience. Like it will make you a better writer if you can receive it. And and even in the regard of, if you just throw something on Amazon, maybe somebody will find it. But, you know, you do have to have kind of a mentality that if you want it to reach people, you have to be able to reach the right people. Um, So like, so like I thought about, like the, uh, it feels like a really small group of people, but they just write a collection of, uh, whether it's like short stories, poetry, you know, whatever. Um, I feel like very rarely does that ever end up being like, you know, uh, a bestseller for the New York times or whatever. Right. Right. Cause it's such a a specific, um, style. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you get to, to meet a lot of interesting people and learn a lot of interesting stories. Um, So, so one thing I'm curious about, you know, you're, you're basically, you're your own boss, you run your company, right? Yes. (laughs) Do do you have any employees or anything like that? Or is it just you? I have, um, I have a few people who I like have as frequent contractors. So, I mean, they work with me, um, I mean, on a like very regular basis. And so I, and I have one girl who like, it's, she's essentially full-time, you know, contract for me. Um, I'd love to eventually get, you know, hire actual employees. So that's kind of the, the trajectory I'm going for. Um, but right now I've got, I've got a few you know, like trusty contractors that, that I love. Right on. At least you didn't say like, I have a handful of interns that, you know, <laughs> uh, if they're lucky, I feed them, you know, yeah. um, I, I always feel bad, like for the whole concept of interns. But so the reason I brought that up was like, there had to be some growth that you experienced whenever you decided like, Hey, all right, I'm going to be the founder and CEO yeah. of, of my own company. Right. Have there, have there been any like tribulations that have really stuck out and kind of helped you develop as a person in this, in this realm? Yeah, for sure. So when I, so when I was first moving over to Sweden, I was like, okay, I'll, I'm just going to freelance for a little bit. So I had been at, at a publisher and I was like, okay, I'll just do some freelance marketing. I'll just find a job over there and just go back into the corporate world. And it was really tough because I didn't speak Swedish. Uh, and that was pretty much like a requirement at almost every single you know company, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> then I was like, all right, you know, I'm just going to, you know, try and keep with the, with the freelance gig. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to be like a marketing agency, you know, surely, you know, that's just going to open up all of these doors for me and, you know, find all these clients and all these different industries. And it was like crickets and it was so tough to like find clients. And so I would have like a couple referrals, but I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't, how can anyone do this? Like, I don't know if this is for me. And then I was talking with my, my boyfriend's brother-in-law is an awesome leadership coach and business coach. Uh, So I was talking with him and he's like, well, why don't you like, you know, books, like, why don't you just like keep working with like books? And I was like, well, 
but that's just too specific. Like I'm trying to like have a bigger, you know, customer like branch out. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I just think, I think you should niche down into books. And I was like, um, I don't think so, but I'll give it a try. And so I, once I started just like kind of then pivoting to just doing marketing for like books and publishers and authors, it's like the floodgates just opened up and I was like, oh, okay. So niching and like kind of going a specific direction was really kind of what changed the game for me. And just really like, I mean, as a business owner, I was like, okay, like that's, you know, finding my audience was really important because I just, I had cast way too wide of a net the first time around. Um, and I was just like dragging my feet, like how in the world am I ever supposed to like run a successful business? And then, um, you know, I went back to, went back to what I knew and it really opened up a lot of doors. And I mean, I'm still like, I was saying this the other day, I feel like I can be very perfectionist sometimes. And I'm like, I want it to be like perfect the first time I do something, but I feel like I am on like my hundredth revision of my like business model like since I've started uh which for me I'm just like you know it's one of those like I just don't I can't like control or try and make anything perfect anymore because you know it's just every day I'm learning something new or something I do or like don't want to do with my business and just you know continuing to move forward in brand new ways so it's it's been fun but a huge huge learning curve but I would say like especially like the biggest change was when I finally said, all right, I'm going to go for this specific audience and see what happens. And it just really like changed everything for me. Honing, honing in uh, definitely helps, you yeah. know, in so many different aspects of life. Right. And I, and I love that you brought up, you know, the, the mindset of being a perfectionist, right. Yeah. One, I think, I think there are people that have that and they don't, they're not aware of it right? Like they, they're always like frustrated or, or it holds them back. And, and I'm speaking, I guess, from ex- like my own experience where I never thought of myself as a perfectionist. And then people pointed out some things and, um, you know, there's like those tests out there, right? And they tell you like yeah. who you are and how, right? Well, yeah. I, I was like perfectionist. But then when I really became aware of that and thought about it, I would realize that that was a problem that I, it, it like kind of crippled me a little bit because yeah, uh, as a personal trainer, you would, you would talk to people um, just about like, Hey, this is how I can help you. But then you wouldn't want to talk to anyone because you were like, Hey, I need to know the conversation in my head so that when I go into <laughs> it, it's perfect. And it's like, yeah. that's not how conversation works. Yeah. You gotta be flexible. Um, <laughs> you have, yeah. Like you, you literally just have to accept the fact that we we as human beings are very capable of adapting uh, and we all do it in our in our own way but yeah like I've done the same thing with with different ventures in my life where I'm I'm trying to think like biggest picture possible and it's like hey you you gotta create the teeny tiny little beginning movements that develop the foundation right because I mean you kind of need both like you do need some general like big picture but it can cripple you. Like in your example, you were, it was too big of a net. You couldn't find the right network or community. And when you narrowed down, it was good. But then you still probably have like a 10,000 feet level where you know more about marketing and you can branch out on projects and stuff, but it built your community by going, Hey, I got to go down to this little level first. And you, that's when you realize too, how small the world is. 
because you're just in the same little group of people over and over and then they, yeah. you know, reference you or you reference them and it creates this whole web. And I'm Absolutely. sure you, you went through that a lot. Yeah. Like it, it cracks me up the, you know, especially with people who are developing a business, they, one of the things that they have to figure out is, well, how do I even create a business plan that, that is like for me? Right. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of corporations like force a business plan upon you. Right. Um, and so, you know, especially, you, you know, we have to make money so that we can live a, a version <laughs> of the life that we want to, right. Like money, yeah. money can help create uh, it is required. freedom, Like yeah. yeah, like money can help you kind of create a little bit of freedom of time. Right. And so, yeah. you know, you'll have these people who are like, all right, I, I'm going to be a marketer and I want to make $10 million a year. And it's like, okay, cool. Like we can get to that point, but now we, we need to just start like the beginning pieces. And I remember someone telling me one time, they were having the conversation with me of like, how do you develop a, a business plan? And they were like, hey, if, you're, if your goal is to make a million dollars a year, great. But if tomorrow you woke up and you were doing the things that it requires to make a million dollars, you know, in 12 months over and over again, you'd be completely and utterly overwhelmed because you'd be like oh my yeah. god yeah uh so so i learned i learned to be like grateful for the fact that hey you know it's okay to you know uh start small right Gradual, and just, like little yeah and like steps. yeah enjoy enjoy the process of, of growing it right because i i think you definitely are in a place i mean you can basically work from wherever you want right as long as you have internet yeah, yeah as long as i've got my computer it's pretty much like ready to rock and roll but it's, um, I mean, and it's true too, because and, and I'll tell this, like, even to my clients is I like the thought or like in the concept of overnight success is such a myth because, you know, you just see it's like one day, you know, someone's famous and what you don't really see are like the years that they put into their craft, like whatever it is. And so, and that's something like that I'll tell my authors, because it's like, you'll get people who they're putting out their first book and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be a New York times bestseller. And like, while that it does happen kind of, you know, once in a blue moon, it, it takes, you know, a lot of these authors, like years and years and years of just yeah. like, like growing yeah. their network, like kind of growing their platform, you know, just, just gaining credibility in their field. And, you know, before that type of kind of recognition happens, and it's like the same in business too. It's, I mean, I've got to put in the work over yeah. time and, you know, hope that it really, you know, keeps turning into something that's successful. You know, I'll learn things along the way, but it really is kind of that, you know, slow and steady and just really putting in, like putting in the work and putting in the time to really, you know, feel like you're, you know, growing and building something that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we talk about something called the five-year plan, like a lot that'll come up. Or is it going to matter in five years is another way to put it. Yeah. And you, you have to break it up on the negative side of, no, this is not going to matter in five years. So I need to move on. Or like you said, building daily habits to a bigger goal, a bigger thing. And it seems more achievable. And even if it's yeah. a stressful day being like, I just got to make it through this hour and then go on to my next hour and kind of go that yeah. way. Because when you go way too far out, it can be overwhelming which I'm sure with your own business, the stakes feel really high and you, you've definitely yeah. probably gotten there before. Oh yeah. It's, there's like days that, um, 
like I'll have days that I just get, you know, anxious and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, I can't believe I'm out here kind of on this limb. And, you know, if, if something goes wrong, I don't have like a company to fall back on, you know, to like, you know, or just really any, anything besides myself. And like, I'm my own boss. Like I, you know, I'm, you know, responsible for the work that I'm doing ultimately. So like, I, when I like think about that, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a little <laughs> bit terrifying, but I mean, at the end of the day, like I've grown so much in the last few years, like having to like learn all of these skills and kind of be, um, kind of just learn more about like responsibility and all that like business owner stuff has just like really helped me grow yeah there there's a very uh strong truth i think in the reality of the ups and downs that people have to go through uh in a process like that so you know we we hear a lot about it i think i guess in movies too but i'm thinking about the example of music where yeah yeah, like so-and-so made this song and and her and her brother did it, you know, at age 16 in their bedroom. Like they came up with it, they recorded it, everything, and then boom, overnight success. And it's like, okay, well, what about all the stuff that led to developing themselves to a point where they could actually record and write music yeah. and then get to a point, right? But, you know, when my mindset really started to shift about the, the truth of everything being that it, it is about putting in the hours and putting in the effort and putting in the work to develop yourself to be able to get to that point. Yeah. I can't imagine, I can't imagine being say 16 years old and all of a sudden the whole world knows who you are. Like yeah. I would, I, I would have died as a 16 year old. <laughs> I, I could not deal with that magnifying lens. Right. And some of the books that are out there, they'll talk about how we get in this weird mindset maybe because of tv and movies and stuff that our youth is really the most important time of our life but there is a there is some really cool things that happen when we're young but it's not until yeah. we're in our 30s and our 40s and and for some of us even our 50s that we're developed to a point where it's like wow I can really utilize my full potential and yeah. so so like I oh, I almost said I was 33 I just turned 34 <laughs> and and you know, when I was, when I was 24, I remember thinking like at age 30, that's it. Like, you know, my body's going to start breaking down and, <laughs> and like, you know, if I don't have a career locked into place, I'm never going to retire. Yeah. I hit 30 and I was like, that's all, it, it was just all a joke. Like it was this weird joke that everybody was like talking about. And then you get, you get to that point of your life. And it's like, there are people that literally had a career they get to the age of like 43 and they go oh, I'm not doing this anymore and they they do something like what you're doing right they go on a limb yeah. they become their own boss or or whatever and they essentially you know start over but they still have plenty of time to make that a very successful venture yeah. you know and and yeah. so I thought that that was a good point that you brought up of like hey just small dose of reality like it doesn't happen overnight Exactly. And you probably don't want it to happen overnight, right? Like it, that would be probably super not. overwhelmed. If I woke yeah. up tomorrow and like a video I put on the internet went viral and everybody's like bothering me about it, I would be like, oh, like turn yeah. off my phone, right? <laughs> yeah. I know, but it's, it's, it's also like funny too, how many authors who we've probably all like heard of, you know, they probably, they didn't write their first book until, you know, they were 40 something, you know, yeah. sometimes 50 something. So it is like, it, it does like go to show that, 
it's not, it's not like we have to get everything done, like everything accomplished by, you know, a certain age or a certain like time in our life. You know, there's just, there's a lot to be said for like the experience and having like the work under our belt. Cause then, you know, it gives you a lot of like more perspective. And then if you do choose to write a book when you're, you know, 47, you know, you've just got all of this like experience that you can pull from, whether it's like fiction or nonfiction. And I mean, kind of having that, you know, having that like extra like layer of experience and knowledge to just like throw into like your writing. And um, so I think I just, I, I always like trying to remind myself of that is like, you can never, you know, it's never too late to just like start something new or try something new. So yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, something I, I love to remember. And I don't, I don't think I have a book in me personally, but <laughs> I always think like, well, but it's all right. Cause if I'm, you know, if I turn 52 and I decide that's when I'm going to, you know, write my book, that's, that's perfectly fine. That's how it was meant to be. I like how you mentioned it, that we kind of like race to it. We feel like I got to yeah. do this while I'm young. Like I need yeah. to need to do this. And we all get trapped in some version of that. And then once you realize, oh, I don't, there's not like an expiration date. I can do this whenever. Yeah. You can kind of take a deep breath and be like, okay, like I'll do it when I'm ready to do it. And I'll, you know, support myself another way until then. I think, I think we're all very overstimulated with, I guess I'll, I'll call it knowledge or, or uh, information, right? Where Bill Murray, before he became an actor, he was like literally on his way to becoming a doctor. Like, I think he was, he either just became a doctor or was about to literally become a doctor and went, nah, I don't want to Imagine do if he was your doctor though, that would have been so cool. it would have been been something right but but you know so so there's this like weird thing where it's like hey you know he did all this work to to do something that like I can't even perceive right becoming a doctor and then went nah I'm not doing this and then became an actor and like that worked out well for him I think but you know so you you have these weird things just being thrown at you all the time of like well so and so at the age of 16 became like a multi-millionaire TikToker and like so-and-so yeah. like lived in their car until they were 46 years old and then had this like uh like epiphany and then changed their whole life you know I always joke about the rock talking about it's like I had seven dollars in my pocket and mm-hmm. you know it's it's inspirational but I was like that, who does that apply to you know <laughs> uh I I don't think that's a, a lot of us like so where where it gets weird to me is that you know we're, we're touching on it over and over again of we have these things that are like stimulating us to believe that we need to hurry up or slow down or like, where's the balance in that. And, and I, I struggle with it all the time, but I became aware of if you're trying to live like a fulfilling life, part of it is being able to be present in the moment. I mean, we have to have goals and we have to have like a, an, an idea of what direction we're going and why we're doing it. Right. Uh, That helps a lot, but then also being able to go, like, hey, it's okay that I, I'm not going to write a book or write a song. Like, I, I think it would be hilarious if one day I see you like on YouTube or something and you have a music video because like you ended up, <laughs> you wrote enough music and people start following and then you're like, well, I know how to market. And then you start marketing yourself as a And then musician. Sam's just in the comments, like, told you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this day would come, right? <laughs> um, and and so I, I think that's an interesting thing to kind of talk about sometimes you know with the right people where we don't know that we have tomorrow and so it's not that 
the future becomes relevant. It's that what are you doing today that that kind of fulfills you in that in that same regard of hey, I want to be a really I want to be a great marketer for people who want to publish their books. And yeah. if you at the end of the day can be like, hey man, I I did this and that, and that's really going to be beneficial, maybe not tomorrow, but in the long run, it's like, hey, I, yeah. I was putting another piece into the dream. And there's like, and there's people out there who, I mean, because I'll, I'll, I'll ask this to kind of new clients is kind of what their ultimate goal is for, mm-hmm. you know, releasing their book. And I would say majority of the answers that I'll get is just that they want to they want their message just to be out there in the world. Like they want their story out there and they want to like help people, you know, through their message. And so when, when that's the case, like it's, that just makes it a really like rewarding, you know, part for me is just to kind of be the, be someone who can help bring, you know, these messages from kind of point A to point B, like being in the hands of these readers. And cause like you said, it's, you know, we don't necessarily have tomorrow and it's just, you know, being able to put out, you know, your work and your message and, you know, to kind of be a part of that is, is really cool. And, you know, just helping change, uh, kind of change people's lives, whether it's through, you know, like a nonfiction message or even like, even with fiction and just like allowing people to have that kind of escape from reality right. and you know, just having that kind of like time to themselves um I think that's just like a really cool part too is just getting to getting to help the author like you know kind of pursue this dream and just getting like helping them find like even one more reader to to inspire with their story and you're you're kind of like the satellite dish a little bit like you take in all these stories and then help get them out and I'm just curious how you help people find their audience and like what that process is like because I'm sure they have failed at figuring it out and that's why they come to you (laughs) to piggyback on top of that question you're the one marketing it so like are you you take care of all the marketing or you're showing them how to market their book like are you doing all the social media and all reaching out to the companies i I, that's just like a second part of that question that she just asked yeah so i would say both it kind of depends on kind of what capacity, you know, an author or publisher wants to work in. So sometimes it is me kind of just going through more of like, you know, showing them here's like the types of things that you should be doing. And, you know, I'll give them like training videos for how to like go do it themselves. Um, Cause there's, there's people out there who are like, I just, I just need to know, you know, the steps. Like I just need to know, you know, one, two, three, what I need to do. And I'm ready to dive in and actually do it myself. So for, you know, authors like that, it's just kind of giving them like the guidebook and the roadmap and kind of teaching them how to do it. Um, but then there's some people who are like, I don't have the time to do it. I don't really have the like interest in doing it. Um, so I would like you to do it for me. So I would kind of do like both pieces of it. Um, but in terms of finding the audience, because uh, that's like, again, it, it kind of ties back to, to like when I was talking about you know, how I was trying to cast like a super wide net for my own business. Like, I think that's like one of the biggest mistakes a lot of authors make who are, they're just like, yeah, my book is like, I think anyone could get something out of it. And I'm like, oh, like facepalm. Like, no, that's really not like, that's really like one of the most untrue things you could say about a book. Cause if you try to sell your book to everyone, you're probably going to sell it to no one. 
uh, what I like, what I'll do is I'll kind of like walk through this like messaging exercise with authors, like particularly in the nonfiction space and just really help them clarify like who exactly they're writing the book about, like, like what their book, you know, is covering and kind of like the different topics and like in the book world, we'll kind of call these felt needs, you know, of the reader. So like what, like what are maybe some of the situations that your target readers going through um, that they, that this book will help, you know, help them get from point A to point B or like what lessons are they going to learn in this book that's going to get them to a certain point. So when we go through that exercise, it really opens like a lot of doors to say like, oh, okay. I didn't really like realize this at first, but you know, I am trying to help this like super specific person. So then, you know, we can like walk out of that, you know, session and that exercise and say, okay, as you're posting on social media, you just like really focus on, you know, these like few like felt needs and make sure that these people know like your book is exactly what they're looking for. Cause if you're just saying like, oh, my book is available, you know, everyone go buy it here. You're not really going to get anyone who's that interested, but like, if you're saying like, oh, you know, are you like feeling X, Y, Z? Like I've been there. I know how that feels. Like, you know, this book will, you know, teach you how to get to this point through these three steps or kind of whatever it is. So it can really help open like some doors to say like, okay, wow, I guess I really need to focus on, you know, you know, reaching, you know, divorced moms, or, you know, I really need to like focus on this, like, you know, CEO, you know, or there's just like so many different, you know, aspects. It's like a subcategory to a subcategory kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. So in it, of course, like there's going to end up being, and I'll like, I'll, I'll kind of use the analogy to like a, you know, a target or a dartboard, you know, you're the first people you should ever really be like marketing your book to is that like bullseye piece. And, you know, of course you're going to like expand out a little bit, you know, there's going to be people who maybe not, will not fit, you know, every checkbox that will enjoy it. Like you're going to get other people too, but the, the target, you know, even at its like fullest capacity will never be everybody. Uh, and I just like try and remind authors of that. But once you can kind of narrow down, like, okay, here's just some of like the feelings that I know, you know, my audience has, like, you can also like, just even think of some more like general like demographics and think like, okay, are these people more on Instagram? Are they, is this like, is this a LinkedIn crowd? Like, is this a TikTok crowd or is this mainly like a blog or email crowd? Um, and that can just really help like then narrow down. So, you know, an author doesn't have to be on every single platform and like, that's usually actually like probably worse than anything else is just like is being on all of them because it's usually just like a waste of energy and a waste of time. So it just kind of can help them focus. Okay. You know, like LinkedIn is going to be in the space for you. Just like really focus there on, you know, being consistent with content creation, you know, engaging with, you know, other people on the platform. That's kind of, the direction that I'll try and take authors is saying, okay, here's, here's the felt needs. Like, here's how you can be communicating with them online. So like, they know that your, your book is for them specifically. Uh, and then also based on what we know about your target reader, focus on, you know, these platforms 
uh, and just make sure you're like staying consistent there and actually using the algorithms to connect with people because I mean that's a part of it too you know you can't just like post and ghost and think that people are gonna yeah I hope that the whole world is like yay finally the book (laughs) I I like that I hadn't heard that before the the post and ghost uh (laughs) also if I if and when I write my book I'll if I get asked that question whether it's by you or whoever and they go who's the audience I'll be like the planet and they're gonna be (laughs) like all right well didn't learn anything right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, the, the entire universe. Yeah, and even like I've I've had authors be like, I really think like any woman would appreciate this book, and I'm like, well, I'm a woman, and I I I wouldn't <laughs> read this if I you know saw it on a shelf. Like so, it's there's you know there's definitely ways to like just keep like funneling it down, and again, like you think you might be really limiting your audience, but the more you like, you niche that audience and like the more targeted you can get, like the more doors will actually open for you. You know, let's say there's a room of 20 people, you know, who's your exact audience in, let's say like you walk into a party, 20 of those people are going to be the exact people you want to read the book. But then if you're marketing the book to the whole party, probably not that many people are going to get it you know, so you might sell like four books, but if you market it specifically to those 20 people, then you'll probably end up getting 20 people buying your book. So that's like kind of like a, like another analogy I like to like share with people is you can either try for the whole party and not get that many, (laughs) or just say, you know, I want to talk specifically to you, 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 and you, and I'm going to, you know, show you exactly how my book is going to help you. And you're, you're going to want to buy my book. So I keep picturing, you know, it's all about being focused on the precision of the marketing, right? Because if you're just hit firing a shotgun, yeah, you're going to hit something, but like, you don't know what you're going to hit, right? Exactly. Um, One thing that kind of just popped into my head, I noticed this really long time ago, but celebrities, you know, you'll see them as like a talk show host, or they're doing movies or a TV show. And then one day it's like, by the way, check out my kid's book, blah, blah, blah. And like, you can buy whatever. And I feel that would be a really easy thing for um, an author or someone who's trying to become a, a published author to kind of realize that a lot of these people, what they do is they write a kid's book and maybe it's because they have kids their own and they're like, Hey, I wanted to make something for my kids. But, you know, I kind of had that light bulb mm-hmm. turn on, right. Where, Hey, this is for little kids from, you know, the age one to three that their parents can read to them or like one to five. Yeah. I mean, that is a very, precise market of like this is who we're writing for right that's got to be a little bit easier and I'm sure it's harder than I think right because like writing a book for kids (laughs) probably isn't as easy as it sounds but you know whenever you're trying to compete and and write as an author in the realm of you know Game of Thrones or Harry Potter or like God, if somebody's like, I want a wizard book they're they're not gonna go looking (laughs) for Sam's you know uh first ever written book of you know wizard fantasy they're going to go for something that if you market it right maybe they will yeah Yeah. if you thought you if you thought you liked harry potter wait till you read my book okay (laughs) uh and just like make up some lie of like the the author of harry potter was my mentor and uh i imagine it's just a knockoff where like names are slightly changed right it's literally the same yeah uh she would sue me i'm sure oh Um, yeah (laughs) But, you, you know, that's, 
it's got to be kind of fun to navigate and also a, a little strange to navigate, right? Having those conversations with people where it's like, I think every woman should read this book. And you're like, well, like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, people, I don't know either. Like how, how many people are consuming books on a regular basis versus how many people are really writing books and then getting them published like I feel like there's it's just like music right there's so many options out there that I I use Amazon music and I'll go to this thing every week they're like hey here's some things that we think you might you might like just based on what you've been listening to and like if I have a week where I'm listening to a lot of rap music it'll try to show me like rap music I haven't listened to and I mean it'll be it'll be like way off because they're just like I don't know it's in the same genre like maybe you like these I mean, that's a reality of it too, right? Is that there's just so many options out there to read. Yeah. If you're if you're like sitting down physically reading a book, like I don't know how many books you can get through in a in a month. You'd be surprised. I think it just depends. Yes. There's some there's some like readers who will get through something in like a few hours. Yeah. You know, so really it really depends. And I think right now, like there's so many options, in ter- even in terms of self-publishing. So, and that's, because um, I, I would say like before, you know, it's like a handful of years ago, it really was like, you know, you would either get a publisher or you just wouldn't put your book out there. And I feel like in the last, you know, several years, you know, people have really started turning more to the self-publishing route. And because I think too, people have started to learn like, oh, there's actually resources out there that can make this, you know, that can still make my book uh, like professional, like look professional and sound professional. Um, whereas I think before it was just like maybe like the concept that, well, I if I want it to, you know, have a good cover, if I want it to be edited, you know, it's going to have to be with like a major publisher. And now there's, you know, the whole, you know, freelance economy is like starting to boom. And there's, you know, people coming from like major publishers that are now, working freelance, you know, specifically for these independent authors. So there are like, there's so many like resources now to like, to actually get your book published and, you know, even, and especially like do it the right way too. Cause I mean, it's like you said, like, if you wanted to write a, a wizard fantasy book, if you have a book cover that looks like it should be a wizard fantasy book, you know, your odds of someone buying it have, you know, shot up, you know, but there's people out there who are like, well, I'm going to write a wizard fantasy book and the cover looks nothing like its genre. And, you know, that's where it's like, you're not going to probably get as many people going over to your book page and buying the book because it just doesn't look like it should be there. So that's another, even like another part of marketing that's judging a book by the cover I was about to say absolutely, it's absolutely it's, it's a thing because it's a it's a thing yeah uh, I I can't imagine that if I uh if I was like hey I made this wizard book and I was just like I wanted to be all black and they're like okay well <laughs> what color what color do you want the font no font just straight up just a black book and they're like people are gonna think this is like a blank journal and be like no 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 they'll get it yeah I I, I think it's one thing I, I just wanted to point out I I do think you're right. There, there is this whole shift in things where if they can, you know, like, like if people want a personal trainer, it's not that they won't go to the corporate gyms, but if they can find right. someone that they, that they can align with and they, they, they're running their own business, 
yeah the people the people are doing it obviously to make a living but they're doing it because they're about it right yeah where you know i've i've talked to people where they talk about their personal trainer from you know whatever corporate gym and they're like you know they they did an okay job but they're really just trying to make the paycheck and then they also have that that corporation being like hey who cares about the person you need to be making us money so that right. you know whatever and I, and I think that's where a lot more conversations start coming up about supporting smaller businesses and supporting freelancing and yeah. stuff is that you're supporting people that are about it and genuinely want to help. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's really awesome that, that you're in that, that world. Right. I did want to ask you a question before we have to wrap up. Right. And, and yeah. it's what I, what I like to ask people at the end of, of our conversation is, you know, do you have any advice for, for people listening or do you have anything that you think the people that are listening should ponder on that you would like to share? Yeah. I mean, I would say for anyone who would like, who thinks that they might write a book at some point, I guess my advice would be start growing up, you know, like a network, a community that's either in like the space you want to write about and just kind of start, you know, growing that like interest and kind of growing an audience. Even if it feels like you're a few years away, like that can kind of be sometimes like the, the big difference in, you know, when you're releasing your book, if you've already been growing kind of the audience that's, you know, going to read it. But then I would also just say, like, again, like, don't like, don't be afraid to, you know, like really like niche down and find like the people who are, you know, actually going to, you know, read the book and write the book for them, like market the book to them. Um, and I think that really like can spread across industries as well. Cause like, that's even advice that I need to, like, I need to take for myself is like, what services do authors need and like, do they want? And then, you know, I need to make sure that as I'm, you know, marketing myself, you know, and marketing my business that it's speaking to those, you know, directly to the people that I, you know, want to be helping. So I think it really can kind of cross, cross industries is just knowing exactly who you're trying to, who you're trying to help, you know, who you're trying to, you know, fit and just making sure that you're connecting with them in the ways that they want to like connect with you. I, I like that. I, I joke about it and I get why they do what they do, but like superhero movies, they make it, they make them so that anybody that watches it can be like, ah, I like that part. So whether it's action, comedy, sad, yeah. you know, romance, like they literally put it all in there and, growing up i always really loved movies but uh i will tell you you know now that i'm older and and when i try to watch something i really want it to be just like what you're talking about like i want it to be honed in on a specific yeah yeah i don't want to watch a movie that's been created to hit every person on the planet so they can make every possible dollar from it i want something where exactly what you said the person obviously made the movie and they were like there's a very certain group of people that that are (laughs) gonna like this yeah. And I hope, I hope they do. Right. Cause you know, that's gotta be really hard as a, as an artist in, in any format of no longer making it for yourself and a certain group of people that, that you want to help or resonate with and just yeah. trying to like, how do I make the most generic thing? So I can just say my audience is the planet. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's super awesome. I, I think there's a lot of people that will benefit from that, that and advice. Another dimension to it is like job applications you mentioned linkedin before and it kind of made me think when you do want a certain job you do have to hone into that audience 
change yeah. your resume for that position, the whole nine yeah. yards, change your bio. So this really can be applied to anything. It is a good rule of thumb to start with that little bullseye and then work your way out. Yeah. Yeah. Question for each of you. What, um, what's like your favorite genre of book to read? Oof. I like fantasy, like definitely wizard stuff. So like Sam already kind of blew that one for me. (laughs) Uh, well, so if if I'm honest, I think whenever I read, I, I didn't grow up reading for enjoyment. Like I always had to read because it was like, hey, you have a book report to do, right? Yeah. Um, and I and I didn't enjoy, I'm a very fidgety, active person. So I didn't enjoy sitting down and reading. I was always really curious about the stories and stuff. But when I really started to ingest more books was whenever I realized that if I'm going to read something, which now I, I listen to it, right? Like on Audible, yeah. if, if I'm going to, take in a book it's because I want to get something from it so for me I think as of late it's a lot about very intelligent people who are talking about the mind and like neuroscience and talking about mental development whether it's like consciously or you know expanding the mind right but they're able to break it down to where I can understand this really really smart shit that (laughs) like I'm not going to go to school for That's the stuff that I really enjoy because one, I'm like, Hey, I learned something that I can apply, but two, you know, I feel a little bit smarter. Like I'm like, okay, I kind of get it a little bit better. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which I'm sure I'm a part of that audience, right. Where they're like, they want the guy that's not a scholar who really wants to learn some smart stuff. And then let's break it down Barney style for him. Right. Um, Yeah. That was a good question. I appreciate that. So we have to segue into to Megan's corner, but I, I will say, Megan, whenever you brought up the resume thing, I do remember that moment where a person had to explain to me, I was like in my early, I guess, mid twenties where they're like, yo, dude, if you're going to apply to like several different types of jobs, right? Like if, if you're, if you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to work in marketing, then you can probably tailor your resume and like hone in a little bit for that company. But then you know, what happened to me is I was like, well, I want to like shoot my shot this way, that way, whatever. And they're like, well, you need to make like four different resumes. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I was like, what the fuck? And they're like, yeah, dude, this isn't just like a brief history of jobs that you've had. Like you need to show your value. And yeah. um, I think that's a great, <laughs> a great point. You, like, I, I love it. You got to hone in uh, and you, you have to be mindful of who you're trying to talk to. Right. Yeah, exactly. With that being said, Megan, who are we trying to talk to today? Uh, oh no, now we have to reveal that we, <laughs> what our audience is. Uh, just, you know, young people, middle-aged people trying to figure stuff out. That's anybody, way too broad. <laughs> anybody living on planet Earth. I knew he was going to go yeah. way up there. <laughs> today, we're just trying to reach you guys on our socials. You can find us everywhere, which we have learned is probably not the best method uh at friends of failure and then you can email us your stories at friends of failure podcast at gmail.com those can be short stories long stories sad funny whatever you can make them totally anonymous uh just nothing illegal nothing sketchy and no we murder will confessions. none of that uh we yeah will not hold that uh and we will read them out at a later date yeah and hey, uh, I guess Megan does have a good point, right? Of 
hopefully in the near future it's just gonna be like welcome to megan's corner find us on instagram and then that's it like or 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 like we're just like find us on gmail find you on gmail what does that even mean <laughs> is there a search uh, bar? yeah yeah how how am i supposed to like and comment on gmail and it'd be like just you know send us your resume at you know friends of failure <laughs> yeah. podcast at gmail.com we'll go with that um super enjoyed having you here today i i appreciate you um making some time for us uh absolutely yeah, I, I definitely will be thinking about books and marketing probably for the next couple of days of like some of the <laughs> books that I've been reading and like, was I marketed to? Um, but but I think I think we're all painfully aware that we're all being marketed in some form of fashion, right? Yeah. Um, but it also allows us to find the things that we genuinely want to resonate with. So, you know, keep fighting the good fight. I, I know you're probably helping a lot of people with what you do. With that being said, I like to close out with our final thought super simple, but I think it's very true. And that's life is happening for you, not to you. So just go out there and do something. Love it. All go. of it. Market to the whole planet. No, I'm kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> if it's not, I'm stronger than you. It's I'm wiser than you, I'm more loving than you, I'm more tolerant than you, I'm more sophisticated than you. It doesn't matter what it is, but this constant competition is going on. This is the secret. This is the secret. You can't make a mistake.